Hello, and welcome to the 50 Women Over 50 podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey, and as you can tell from my voice, I have a bit of a cold. On this podcast, I highlight women who have broken down barriers, challenged the status quo, or have simply lived remarkable lives beyond the age of 50. So far, my guests have included pioneering entrepreneurs, passionate activists, artists, educators, and more. Get ready to be inspired, informed, and empowered as together we extol the lives of 50 exceptional women over 50. Today, I am welcoming Marilyn Shannon to the show. In this interview, I learned that she and I could be sisters for so much alike. She describes herself as a stigma squisher and a listening freak, and she's the number one best-selling author of the book series in just one afternoon, listening to the hearts of. She shares with us her unique perspective on the importance of relationships and connection in leading happy lives, and she has a lot of useful life hacks for women over 50. Join me in welcoming Marilyn to the show. So tell me about your 50th birthday. Camping and hiking. Wow, that sounds fun. Where were you? North Carolina mountains, Banner Elk. The North Carolina mountains are spectacular. And Banner Elk is a really great place because it can never get but so big. So one time I went up to, years and years ago, I went up to, I think, uh, Boone, which is pretty popular in the Boone area. And I'm like, I'm going to the North Carolina mountains. How cool is this? Well, the first thing I saw was a McDonald's. (laughs) And I'm like, but then Banner Elk doesn't have that. I mean, they may have a McDonald's now, but they don't have all of that. So when you go... You are in the mountains. You are away from it all. And I really believe, in particular with everybody, but in particular with women that are busy, it's really great to get away from it, whatever it is. Yeah, I agree with you. When I lived in the States, we used to go drive down. I lived in Washington, D.C., and we used to drive down to Tennessee and go in the Smoky Mountains. And I remember doing some pretty ambitious hikes there. Yeah, it's nice. Get yeah, away. And I'm scared of heights, oh. <laughs> but I go anyway. And who were you uh, celebrating with? My husband. Just the two of you? Just the two of us. You didn't want a big party? and No, no, actually not for that one. It was, and he's really good because he knows that I have a fear of heights and I also have eye issues sometimes in focusing. So I'm, I'm, I have a fearless nature on some level, not like to be crazy and like, jump off the top of a building, but I like adventures mm-hmm. and I don't want to not have them. Right. So even though I have eye issues, which I do, even though I have height issues, which I do, I'm not going to let that get in my way. So you didn't shun the idea of having a big party and celebration because as so, so many of my guests have said, is they didn't want anyone to know that they were turning 50. <laughs> no, that wasn't my issue. Okay. I, in fact, want people to know how old I am. My mother is 98. Right. My mother is a twin. My aunt lives in New Jersey. My mother lives here. They're both fabulous, crazy women. And I love sharing how old they are because they're an anomaly. And we need to give each other, we need to help each other. We need to give each other credit. We need to give each other everything we can give each other that's lovely. And part of that is showing that a 98-year-old woman is still doing yoga. Awesome. You know what I mean? Part of that is that I'm going to climb a mountain and I'm going to be scared as hell. <laughs> yeah. But no no fear of aging, no fear of being over the hill, nothing like that. And that's an interesting uh, question. 
because COVID did something. COVID took away time. And one day I was one age, <clears throat> COVID happened, and then all of a sudden now I'm years down the road. I woke up out of a bunker. And I don't know where those years went, sort of, kind of. They evolved, but they didn't go in the direction that I would normally maybe had we not had COVID been going in. So it stunted my awareness yes. of myself, which is hitting me in the face. Mm. And it's hitting me in the face more from a social media perspective than from a physical perspective. How's that? Because I have wanted to become an influencer. Right. Not because of my ego, because I have things to say and do. Mm -hmm. And it's important that we do that. And I, for one, am encouraging everybody to speak up. And so I have to do it too. So because of that, I became an influencer on Instagram. And it's not for my ego. I have things to say. Mm -hmm. And with Instagram comes videos. Yes. And I've noticed like not a, so I'm on my computer now, right? But when I do some videos on my phone, it is not as pretty as my computer video. Mm -hmm. And I see things on my phone, on my video, on my face. And social media people comment. So I've had people comment about things that shocked me because I'm I didn't know they were that visible. Nor did I know that I was I nor did I realize that my aging was visible. Right. Because inside, <clears throat> I'm still that 50-year-old girl or that 40-year-old or that 20-year-old. I mean, I had no idea what's going on on the outside. Yes. And so I've been faced with more of that mortality. Right. But it's not stopping me. So this is one of the things about social media. Social media is a big part of my business. And I love it for the way that it flattens barriers and opens up channels and, and improves awareness and knowledge and brings people together. But I really hate the trolls. Like, and they're just so distraction and, and, and just such a, I've had this happen too, where the only comment is ugly hair or something. Like, d get a life. <laughs> Why are you wasting? your energy and my time by even leaving a comment like that. But I think that we have to accept that the internet is full of gormless idiots and just let it roll off our backs, water off a duck's back. You know, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. We, we have to let it go. Just like we can't, we have to let the real life trolls go too. They yeah. can't stop us. They can't get it. If it's to be, it's up to us. Right. Right. What advice would you give your 30-year-old self? Uh, it's a lot easier than you think. <laughs> I love that one. How so? I just think in general, we've made life way too complicated. Yeah. We're spending way too much time dotting every I and crossing every T before we do anything. And we don't have to because honestly, you can dot your eyes so you're blue in the face. You won't dot the right one until after you do something. Yeah. You're still going to have to go back and dot another I, right? So what's the point of waiting? We, we, we learn and we grow and we have to do something to do that. So that's one piece. And I also very strongly believe that we all want to be loved, hugged, and rubbed. Yes. On whatever level we're at, we want to, ju we want to connect. We want to be part of a community. We want to be part of each other's lives. And people are afraid. 
And so when they're afraid, they may come off as saying, no, I don't want to do that, when they really do. And so I think we just have to keep our eye on the prize and not the distractions of people who turn around and say, no, I don't want to do that, or that's too hard, or you shouldn't do that, or you can't make this happen, you can't have, I don't listen to that. I just keep my eye on the prize. And somebody a long time ago told me, make believe you're on a tightrope, like you're uh, one of those people who fly through the air. Don't look left, don't look right, and don't look down. Just look straight. And, 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 connect, and keep your connection to the prize and to your vision and to your heart and soul, because that will guide you and, and along the way. And I just think that it's a lot easier to, it's a lot easier to ask people for help than people realize. It's a lot easier to reach out to people People just waiting for the opportunity for somebody to reach out. And so I just say, take it. Yeah. Well, you and I are aligned on that. I've always had this mentality that, you know, lock in and lock on. And once you've locked on to something, like nothing can get in your way. But how do you think the younger women coming up behind us are in terms of this ability to move forward? Great. Yeah. Oh, I'm putting a lot of effort and, and a lot of energy and a lot of compassion and love in their direction, even if it's by osmosis. I have a lot of faith in our younger, our younger women. I think they're phenomenal. I've been writing a series of books, and uh, one of my books is a, it was about millennials. Yes. And when people ask me about them, I say they're not in the basement because they don't want to do anything. They're in the basement because they want to do something. We just need to give people credit and a chance. And it's confusing. I mean, if, for all of your listeners, and you know this as a fact, social media is confusing enough, right? How many platforms? How many, how many everythings? Well, it's the same thing for them. There's all kinds of stuff out here. They're looking for mentors. Mm -hmm. They want me. They want you. They want mentors that are going to help guide them. And you know what? I need them too, because they're really good at social media. I mean, like my daughter one day my, was here from Minnesota. She's 35, I think. And she was showing me an, a, a thing for an electronic business card. I'm like, I could have done the best happy dance you could have ever seen. <laughs> Just over having an electronic business card. Isn't that so cool? I trust her decision of which app to take. If I mean, I could look through and find a million of them, but she has experience and she's learning from other people as well. So I think we just have to all learn from each other. We're all on the same page, whether we realize it or not, whether we're blue, black, yellow, green, short, tall, whatever. We're on the same, we, we need to be on the same page. Yeah, yeah, that's also my experience. I have had the opportunity to mentor a number of young women, my acquaintance, through my professional association and past jobs as well. And I've also had the opportunity to be mentored by younger ladies who are, I know a lot of social about social media, but I don't know a lot about uh, what it's like to be a 30-year-old right. in, in today's world. Exactly. Because the, things were much different when I was a 30-year-old. And so getting working with these young women and really getting their insights on, on the problems that we're trying to solve and was really, really beneficial. So I'm totally with you on that. And, and, and can I add one more thing about the 30s? I know that there's a lot of women that are um, 
in their 30s, married or not married. But let's talk about the ones that are single. I don't think we have to make dating and finding a partner like a full-time job. I think that there's opportunities for that to happen without making it like a full-time job. Have fun along the way. Do the things that you want to do that are fun, that you will be around the people that you like-minded. Because when I was in my 30s, I had already been divorced. I had two children. I was ready for another relationship, and I made it like a job. Right. But had I not, in retrospect, in, in what doing what I say, I listened backwards to my life. I didn't have to do that because my husband, my current husband, who I met then, I would have met him anyway. Right. Whether I made it a job or not. Uh -huh. So I'm just suggesting just have fun with your lives. You know, have adventures and the men, the partners, whatever you, wh whoever you want to be with. They will be there when you do the things that make your heart sing. Yeah. I feel like it, that there's a lot, like I've been married a long time like yourself, so I don't, I'm only observing this from the outside in, but I think that navigating the workplace must be very difficult for the younger people because my gen, I'm Gen X and like we, we met our partners at work and, and now 50% of people are working from home. They don't go to work. <laughs> to meet people. And, and there's so many rules about friendships and relationships at work. People are very, very cautious about that kind of stuff. So yeah, you're right. Go and have fun. Find something that you like to do. Have fun while you're doing it and you will meet people that are like-minded. Right. Yeah. And I think we have to take into consideration the rules in general. Hmm. Rules here, rules there, because somebody created those rules as a Band-Aid. Yeah. Of those rules are not really supposed to be. They're just to cover up a hole, to plug something up because something happened and they didn't know what to do with it. So I think sometimes we have to be patient with these rules and we need to go into them like they're a system and dissect them because we can find ways out of that rule that don't fit because it's somebody else's rule. It's not yeah. mine, not yours, and it doesn't fit. So we have to figure them out. But you're right. Yeah, it's complicated. What are you doing for fun these days? I'm addicted to work. <laughs> so I know that may sound nutty, but I really no, love No, no, you and I are uh, yeah, the same. <laughs> I, I love everything about what I'm doing. Yes. And I am using this word now, transactional, because... The work that I'm doing and the things that I'm passionate about, which I believe a lot of people are passionate about things today, I'm transactional because I want something to happen from it, not just because of putting money in my pocket, because I want to make a difference. And yeah. I am on a mission to make that difference. So my work is totally fun. But then I do yoga. Oh, yes. Love yoga. I do it a couple of days a week. And I... I've been doing it for about, I don't know, steadily, maybe 10 years, 12 years. And there's parts of my body that don't work well. <laughs> but I can't imagine what they would have been like had I not been doing yoga for 10 yeah. years. It wouldn't have worked at all. That's so I'll take, a, I'll take better than nothing. And then, so that's a big deal for me. I swim. Oh, yeah. I like to swim. And this is for, this is for some exercise, spirit. Yes. Um, it's because if my don't do these things, my body won't work at all. That's right. I love, 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 love audiobooks. 
beyond. I mean, if I didn't work, I would be sitting in a corner with a book. Yeah. I just love books. I love novels. I love stories about people. I love memoirs. I love books. And I love being with my family. Right, right. I have some the cutest grandchildren, grandsons, and I love being with them too. And so I've moved, you know, I moved back closer to where my children live so I can be closer to my grandchildren so I can do drive-bys. And yeah. I don't have to make an appointment because you live 35 minutes away, 40, you got to do appointments. Yeah. That just adds more work to my schedule. This way I just drive by. If they're home, good. If they're not, okay, next time. So I want to come back to the thing about grandmotherhood. But before we go there, can you tell me a little bit about this mission? Like, what is your mission that you're working on right now? So my, uh, well, so so I have a couple of phil- philosophies. So I, first of all, am a stigma squisher. I do not like the stigmas that are keeping us from each other, that are making us sick, that are make that are disconnecting us, that are mistruths, if that's even a word. I don't like the things that are made up. And I feel that we are more alike than we are different. And we need each other. So I have been working for quite a while on dispelling these stigmas and judgments. And so I've been writing a series of books. So that was where it started. So my series is called In Just One Afternoon, Listening Into the Hearts Of, because my philosophy about that is that it doesn't take much to connect. Mm-hmm. Just listen to somebody. Let's listen into their heart. That doesn't mean you have to like what they do. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to want to do it. You just have to listen to them talk about it. You just have to listen to them share and see their light bulb go off. So my first one was men. I interviewed a bunch of men about everything they went through emotionally, just the insight into a man, for a man in particular, so men would have permission to cry, scream, whatever, but more women wanted to read it. Then it was twins. My mother's Mm -hmm. a twin, and so that millennials. Then it was people impacted by opioid addiction. Yeah, yes. And then my most recent one was black fathers. I want to shine a light on people who are considered invisibles. And so when I did the people impacted by opioid addiction, my book launches were generally like panel discussions because I know people could care less about coming to a restaurant, having a drink and seeing me sign a book. It does not matter. Mm. But the subjects matter. And so when I got to the opioid book, it was too big for just a little hour kind of thing. So it birthed into a big thing. So so that's that's one of my passions is helping bridge the gap between the worlds, whether it's mental health, whether it's substance use disorder, addiction, recovery, preventative stuff, because I mean, I'm also working on the other end of the spectrum too with adolescents and young adults so that we can help them. I wanna help people live. Right. I just wanna save lives. So I am doing a lot of work in that area, and I'm also working within the recovery workplace area, like helping businesses become recovery friendly so they will be more friendly to people. Because, I mean, I am not a woman in recovery, but I am sure I I am a breath away from some addiction, just like most of us are. 
But does my addiction work? I mean, I have a hard time not picking up my phone every two seconds. So you can call that an addiction of some sort. And I feel sorry for people who, most people have not asked for that. Most people have not said, oh yeah, let me be addicted. I would love that life. Who wants that life? Nobody wants that life, whether they were hurt, physically hurt, emotionally hurt, whatever the reason is that got them into that world to begin with. And for a lot of people, they have a wire, like they have a wiring issue. Mm-hmm. They have a, I could take a pill of some sort and Percodan, Percocet, whatever, an opioid and get sick. That's just the way my body works. Somebody else can take it and want more. That's not their fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it's, it's not your fault if you have a peanut allergy. That's right. It's not your fault if you're a diabetic. Yeah. It is not your fault if you have a chemical miswiring that allows you to be addicted to something like this. And so I just want to help. And so I have formed a nonprofit to, to help in that way. And I work with people. I don't, I don't work alone. I think we, you know, we all have gifts and we all have to like put our gifts out there and help each other. Right. So that is a pa- that is a big passion for me. I, I'm a life business coach and my practice has been in the psychiatrist practice. Right. So I am the only coach in the practice amongst several many psychiatrists. And a lot of them focus on substance use disorder. So it kind of opened up my eyes to it's it's sad. And if we can do something and help somebody, I think it's our it's our duty and it's our right. Yes, that's a very well put. Our duty and our right to do it. Are you working on a new book? <laughs> you ask good questions. So I'm not working physically on a new book, but what I have done was I have I have in the can interviews for like th- three or four more books. Oh, right. And I because as I because unfortunately. You know this, and everybody out there knows this. Some of the stories don't change. doesn't matter whether it was five years ago, 20 years ago, or it's going to be 10 years in the future. Yes. I mean, the stories of someone who's been impacted by substance use, whether they're a family member or they're someone who's actually using a drug, their stories haven't changed. Right. So my, so my, in the, my cans include, in just one afternoon, listening to the hearts of people who have lost a child. Oh, my. In just one afternoon, listening to the hearts of women that have been sexually abused. People don't share their stories very much that would come from this. And families that have lost a child don't share very much at all. They don't even share amongst themselves. So we need to put these stories out there so somebody who has lost a child can see that they're not alone either and all the crazy feelings they feel and the sadness and the that then the the ability not to get out of bed every day they don't have to feel alone mm-hmm. then it's in just one afternoon listening to the, the listening to the hearts of artists i just so and those are some of the ones i haven't yes. divorcees oh right divorcees oh my god how many people have you known in your lifetime or have i known or all of you out there that have left a child behind. I mean, I want to know why. Yes. And it's that's- all that part of this podcast is I'm getting to talk to women about these things. And I, I have talked to women that are 
in recovery. And I have talked to women that have been trafficked and I've talked to women who have been raped and I've talked to women who have had to leave their children behind. And you're right. These stories are poignant and they're real and they're raw and they have a relevance to us all. They do. And, and I think Sherry Lynn, what you're doing is so important, but, but not just how, and can I play you a compliment? Oh, please. (laughs) I've done this a lot. Yeah. And you're really good at this because I've done this so many times where I never get a chance to speak. Oh, (laughs) the host does all the talking. Yeah. That's the wrong way around, isn't it? (laughs) The wrong way. And I, so I really so totally compliment you on how you're handling this because this is truly the best way to do these things is to have a really good fireside chat. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm certainly enjoying it. And I learn from every single interview I do. Well, let's, let's go back to what we talked about, about grandmotherhood, because that's one of the best things about being over 50 that you, you don't know how wonderful it is until you're, until you're, it happens. I feel that common parlance of the word grandmother, granny, that it's almost denigrating. Oh, I'm wearing my granny, my granny boots and all this kind of stuff. But it's absolutely one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my whole life is having grandchildren. I have three now. I just had a brand new granddaughter born two weeks ago. Congratulations. Thank you. And it, like, it's a whole new lease on life in, in the over 50 realm, this, this new relationship and the, the instant love and bond. And, and also the fact that it's so different from being a parent that tell me a little bit of it, about your experience of being a, a grandmother. Well, it's those, the, my boys, I have, and so I have two daughters of my own. I have three steps children as well, but they don't have children yet. So my daughters have children. One has a, a son, 11 and, and eight, and my other one has a son, a son, nine and five. And they are respectful. They are so loving. Oh, my God. Except my 11-year-old now, is, when I say to him, hi, honey, how's it going? Gives me a chin. I'm like, what the heck is that? I don't want no chins. I want a hug. I want a kiss. I want a huh? I want that. But he's becoming a teenager. Yes. Uh, and so I'm remarried and my husband's grandpa, former husband, my ex-husband is Papa. And it just so happens that my husband and I are renting a townhome on a pond and my ex-husband got divorced again and needed a place to live. So there was a house, another townhome on the opposite end of the pond that was for rent and he's renting it. So he, I can see his backyard. I, that, that's a... That's a different dynamic. <laughs> it, it, well, and you know what? It's special because my grandsons don't know the difference. Right. Okay. I mean, when they're here and they're staying with me or whatever, they'll, they'll say, oh, Bob is coming across the rocks. Yeah. And we laugh and they don't know any different. And it's wonderful. And they're just, they're just pure love. Yes. And they love us. And I love doing special things with them. I don't like buying them a bunch of things. Because I don't like wasting money on stuff that they're just whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I love taking them for experiences. Yes. That's it. And that way we all get to enjoy it. So I've gone, I think you call it rock climbing, like wall climbing on oh, rock. Yes. Yes, yes. I've done that with them and, and we laugh. 
we laugh and we have fun. So it is, it is wonderful. It is different than I don't have the same worries that my daughters have as moms, as I had as a mother to young children. But I, but I still am like, ugh, I don't even like the fact that they walk to the bus. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, um, I don't know, like, a, I don't really know how to best describe it. The difference between it being a parent and a grandparent. I, I would just say that it's lighter. It's a lighter Absolutely. Burden. It's a lighter burden and it's a funner burden. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and with social media today and the fa- they have iPads and they, they text me. Yeah. They send they me good morning pictures. And so it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. I really enjoy that. And I didn't care what they called me. I mean, I know that I just wanted them to call me whatever they want, whatever came out of their mouth. I didn't care. And what do they call you? Grandma. Oh, grandma. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, Grandma, and they call my mother Gigi. Her name is Grandma Gloria. My mother's Gigi. <laughs> and actually, my husband's Papa. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> that is extremely weird since you are, your name and my name rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I am Nanny, not Grandma. <laughs> oh, it's funny. All right, let's switch to the quick round. Just quickly off the top of your head, anything that comes to mind. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you binging? I am reading The Escape Artist which is the story of a gentleman who escaped from Auschwitz. Oh, yes. Which is really interesting. I did. Can I tell you about a book I just finished that was phenomenal? Yeah. Hidden Valley Road. Okay. Which is amazing. It, it, re, it Escape Artist is a true story, and Hidden Valley Road is a true story, and they read like novels. And this one on Hidden Valley Road is really, a, it's about a family back in like the 30s. They had 12 kids. Two girls and 10 boys. And of the 10 boys, six were schizophrenic. Oh, God. It was fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So that, and I do love MSNBC, I have to tell you. Okay. Well, I have links to all those in the show notes. You've mentioned that you've started this not-for-profit, but you didn't tell us what it's called. What, what is your not-for-profit called? It's called PRISM, P-R-I-S-M, which stands for the People's Recovery Initiative to Solutions and More. Everything we do is about people, just every, just the general public. I mean, we have a lot of professionals participating in the things that we do, businesses and so forth, but our, our focus in the way we deliver the information and share the information is people. Okay. People. I'll put a link to that in the show notes too. Is there an app you couldn't live without? Yeah, my Fitbit. Oh, me too. <laughs> You and I are sisters. <laughs> we are sisters for sure. I think. I really. Yeah, yeah. Fitbit. Yeah, it's the first thing I look at every morning. The last thing I look at every night. Yeah, Me too. Oh, absolutely. I love my little Fitbit. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And is there an over fifties life hack that you'd like to share? So one hack lately is take the easy way out. Yeah, we don't have to make it hard. Just take the easy way out. I mean, do it from your heart. Just take the easy way out. The other one is, and I love to say this about leaders, that leaders, true leaders, the definition of true leaders are leaders, leaders lead leaders. Leader, a true good leader is not a control freak. A leader is someone who encourages other people to be a leader, and they're leading the tribe. 
They're leading the leaders. So I love that one. If it's to be, it's up to me. Okay. I am 100% responsible for whatever, 100% of the time. And that also means that I cannot do something as long as I am aware of it. Yes, yes. And I am a listening freak. I am a tool and I am listening to as much about what's going on around me as possible. And that's not just verbal. That is that there, the, everything around us is giving off information. And I, and as well as many other people, are tapping into whatever the universe, whatever the day, whatever is speaking to us. And that's where we have to tap into. So, And I have more. Oh, that's, <laughs> is there anything I haven't asked you about that you'd like to share with our audience? So forgiveness is extremely important. Uh, Wayne Dyer, who is a really famous author, said, if you don't forgive, you might as well dig two graves. Because if you don't forgive, you're going to carry around the stuff. And the other thing is don't lie. Lying doesn't help anything. Be honest with anything. Bear the brunt of whatever it is because you do not want to hold on to lies. It keeps us separate. And if you are holding on to a lie, then you are going to make the assumption other people are too. And then you will never have relationships. If you think people are lying to you, forget it. So don't lie, forgive, own up to stuff, and just make life easier. Yes. Well, what you say about forgiveness, and I learned this the hard way, is when you are able to forgive someone, you're actually doing yourself a kindness more than you are doing them one. <laughs> and you only learn that by doing it. This has been 50 Women Over 50, a podcast for women whose personal confidence is born of experience. Thank you to my guest, Marilyn Shannon, a successful speaker, coach, author, and facilitator. It was a fun conversation, but with a really important message about how to find happiness while living life to the fullest. See the show notes to find Marilyn's socials and her work and to find information about some of the other things that we talked about on today's show. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this show, please share a link to it with your friends and drop me a rating or a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. You'll also find my show on YouTube. Please follow me on socials too. Let's connect. Let's create a whole community of wise women over 50. See you next time on 50 Women Over 50. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey. Mm-hmm.